From the Financial Times in London, I'm Ravi Mathieu, and this is FT News. Encrypted emails, untraceable phones, late-night secret meetings, and self-deleting messages. It sounds like the plotline of a spy novel. But a former Uber employee electrified a San Francisco courtroom this week with allegations that the ride-hailing app routinely employed such tactics and sought to steal information from its competitors. The testimony came at a pre-trial hearing into the company's $1.8 billion legal battle with Waymo, Alphabet's self-driving car unit. And it came in the same week that the company revealed its losses were widening and it was trying to raise a big chunk of cash from a SoftBank-led consortium. Joining me to discuss the latest on Uber are Chloe Cornish and Leslie Hook, two of the FT's San Francisco correspondents. Chloe, let me start with you. You were in the courtroom this week. Tell us what happened and what it was like. So this was a series of pre-trial hearings in a lawsuit between Uber and Waymo. Waymo alleges that Uber stole trade secrets from it. Trial was due to start next week. There was going to be jury selection this week. But all of that fell apart because of an explosive letter that was sent to the judge by the US attorney. This is a really unusual thing to happen. That letter was from an ex-Uber employee that had been sent to Uber, and it detailed a number of quite shocking allegations about Uber's business practices. Central to what this ex-employee was saying about Uber was that it used messaging systems that deleted the messages at a set time after they'd been sent, which means that they're not stored anywhere, and that it was using very aggressive practices to obtain information about its competitors. This letter had not been disclosed in the period in which both companies have to present relevant documents to each other for use during the trial. And this really incensed the judge. He told Uber's lawyers that it looked like they were trying to cover it up. He called the messaging system that was alleged within the letter clandestine and surreptitious. And he decided to postpone the trial for the second time in order to give Waymo more time to uncover more information and evidence about Uber's business practices and how that might impact their case against Uber. Now, Leslie, you cover Uber for the FT, and the allegation is that Uber, when it hired this ex-Waymo employee, took key information from Google self-driving unit with them. It's a $1.8 billion legal battle. But at the same time, there are lots of big challenges for Uber and its new CEO. Can you put a little bit of this into context in terms of all the other things that are going on with the company and the challenges it's facing? Sure, Ravi. I mean, for Uber, this is just one of the many, many problems that it's had this year. Uber has a new CEO, Dara Khosrowshahi, who took his position in September, and he's been on a course to turn the company around, instill a new culture, operate with integrity. He has a new set of values that include doing what is right. Uh, Apparently, that wasn't a value before. And so this case, which started long before Dara's era, this case has really exposed some of Uber's dirtiest laundry. And it also comes at a very bad time for Uber because it's in the middle of a massive deal negotiation with a SoftBank-led consortium. And that deal, you know, it sort of remains to be seen how that deal could be impacted by these latest revelations. Yes, Leslie, it's worth pointing out the new CEO certainly come in and said he's making a lot of changes about the culture and the way it operates. But one thing also this week was you reported on the losses of the company widening. How damaging is all of this for the company in its attempts to really right itself after all of these scandals that have been coming out of the woodwork? 
Well, the financial figures that came out on Tuesday night show that Uber's losses are widening. The company had been on a path to narrow its losses and show that you can make money in the ride-hailing business, which to date, there's really no company in the world that has successfully turned a profit in this very tough, very competitive transportation business. One reason that Uber's losses uh, rose uh, is litigation costs. Um, Partly that's just the day day costs of paying these armies of lawyers. We had Uber's Deputy General Counsel testify this week that she's overseeing 750 litigation cases. So the cost of the lawyers, there's also cost of litigation reserves that Uber has to set aside for any potential settlement. So the legal issues are starting to impact Uber's bottom line. The approach that investors are taking to the company, has it shifted from the enthusiasm that they might have had in it before? Well, if you think of where Uber was last summer when it raised money at a $68 billion valuation, Uber seemed like this unstoppable juggernaut that was taking over the world. And now, roughly 18 months later, it doesn't look that way. And the costs of Uber's early expansion are becoming clear. So in the current deal with SoftBank, the deal has two pieces. One is the SoftBank-led consortium will buy new Uber shares at a price of $48.77 per share. That's the same price that Uber sold shares to investors last year. So that's kind of the same high valuation. And then there's a second piece of the deal, a larger piece of the deal, in which SoftBank will invest between 6 to $9 billion in existing Uber shares that will be sold by current shareholders. So this is known as a tender process. And the way it works is SoftBank names its price, which happened earlier this week. SoftBank said, we'll pay you $32.97 a share. And now the existing shareholders have to decide whether or not they're willing to sell at that price or if they want to hold on to their shares and wait for a potential future IPO. And with all this bad news, it could make those shareholders more likely to accept that lower price, more likely to participate in the deal. Chloe, what happens in the case of this courtroom battle? The judge was pretty scathing, as you said, using some pretty forthright language in court. What happens now in terms of the case? Both sides have to go away and produce more documents. The onus is really on Uber to produce more documents that Waymo can have a look at. So they've got until Monday, next Monday, to do that. And then the judge threatened to make sure that all those lawyers were working hard over the holidays. He was very explicit that they all got paid enough to be working over Christmas. And everything is set to come back to trial in February. And Leslie, obviously this court case rumbles on. They're trying to fundraise. And at the same time, there is the fallout from the data breach in which 57 million passengers and drivers' details were hacked into. What are the next big markers outside the court case that we should be looking at in terms of Uber? Well, Ravi, if I had to look into my crystal ball, I would say the rate of negative revelations about Uber that we've seen in the past couple of weeks suggests that there's probably still more skeletons in the closet. And Dara, the new CEO, has been pretty honest about what he sees as a sort of six to nine month period of getting those skeletons out of the closet. And then in terms of the SoftBank deal, we should know maybe by early January, mid-January, whether or not that deal is going to close. And once that deal closes, it triggers a series of big governance changes for Uber. It expands the board size It strips shares of any super voting rights along with other governance changes. So when that deal closes, that will be providing a bit of a fresh canvas in terms of the governance structure of the company and trigger a set of changes that will allow Dara to enact his new agenda going forward. 
It certainly sounds like we're going to be doing a lot of talking and reading about Uber in the coming months. Chloe Cornish and Leslie Hook from San Francisco, thanks so much. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.